Bloody oath, this week is a good one. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hey friends, the deep things that we struggle with in life require deep work, deep excavation, deep questions, if we're really going to shift and change them. And that is why we are in the middle episode of a three-part series on enough. Enoughness. Being, doing, having enough. You don't have to listen in order if you missed last week's episode. You can listen after today's. But last week, we really unpacked why enoughness is the thing. The most common question that I get, the root of oh so much that we struggle with. And oftentimes, our question is if we're doing enough, but it can initially present as whether we have enough. Do I have enough money? Have I made enough money in my business? Do I have enough success? Am I far enough along? Do I have enough followers or enough engagement? Uh, Do I have enough time? Have I lost enough weight? And often the word or the verbiage has to do with having, but ultimately the subtext is that if we don't have it, it's because we're, we're blaming ourselves because we haven't done more. So it really is about self shame in our effort. Have we hustled, worked, tried, produced enough to be proud of ourselves and to be peaceful within ourselves? And I think that that's important to separate that on the surface, we feel like it's the thing, the weight, the productivity. I'm achieving some goal. I'm reaching some number. But the subtext below it is, and if I haven't, and at all times there's going to be something that I haven't, then I blame myself that who I am today has not put forth enough effort. It is my own fault. I have no one to blame but myself. And because I have lauded and said, achieving this number, achieving this goal is is what I want and then I will be happy, we get into this horrible self-shame, self-blame narrative that just pervades everything. And I think it is such a constant whisper. The thought is so prevalent, we don't even know that we're having it anymore. And hopefully after our conversation last week, you have become more aware of your thoughts. You have noticed more just how prevalent this is for you. And you perhaps have some things to bring today for this exercise that I created that has really helped myself. Ultimately, the questions that I have today are simply my normal thought process. They're the questions I've been asking my whole life, (laughs) but I'd say more so probably over this last year. I think for me, getting into the pandemic when life slowed down, we talked about this last week, how 
we did not beat ourselves up any less for not being productive in the midst of grief and shock. And for the 50% of us, like myself, who had more time when we first went into lockdown last year, we immediately went to, I should be accomplishing more. I should be doing more. And so I think for me, that that question first began a year ago. I shared on Instagram at the time that I have always had this daydream of what my life would be like in Bali. If I moved to Bali for six months or a year, I envision that I would be someone who meditates and does yoga and reads books and watches documentaries. And I hold out this, like, I, I want to do this. And I've said to Jeremy, I, I want to go and live that life for a year because I just wonder, would I be bored? Would I be unfulfilled? Would I miss the buzziness of New York? Or would I realize this is the way that I am meant to live? And there was a weird twisted element of that in quarantine. Now, hiding in your home from every other human being because there's a global pandemic is not the same thing as, you know, doing shavasana on the beach, right? Clearly we know this. But there was a component of I have more time. I have more spaciousness. So how am I going to use all of this extra time. So I started asking this question for myself over the last year. And as I also was simultaneously in my own journey, I had parted from business partners in my business. I had more control and autonomy over my business. My expenses were exponentially lower because of not having those uh, large team members. So, and I just where I was in in my business and life kind of led itself to having more spaciousness that you may not have. But my hope is that my sharing from the midst of that can give you some nuggets to pass back. So, in some ways, these have been my thoughts for the last year and the questions I've been asking in my thought process. But when I sat down and tried to turn them into a ten question journey. Oh my gosh, (laughs) I came up with so many new things and so many ahas as I journaled this for myself that made me so excited to share it with you because I realized I have been in this thought process for a year and yet when I actually sat down and worked on one focused problem and asked a series of 10 questions all going deeper in that same area that I realized things I hadn't even quite realized. And I think that it is very powerful to hear specific examples. Because I think enoughness is a very esoteric quest. It is one of the great questions of life. And based on your religious or spiritual beliefs, you may agree it may be because God can only give you that feeling. There may be some religious, spiritual things outside of you that say this, that that humans are always going to be yearning for this sense of completion, for this fulfillment. It's why we all struggle with it. So I think it can be lifelong and very deep and one of our core human desires. But it's also very practical. What exactly would make you feel enough? Give me a number. Give me a bar to reach. Are you sure that if you got that number, it would then feel enough? 
Or actually, would you then just raise the bar? Is it actually a bottomless pit of trying to find the next thing to fill it? And like something in a cartoon, we're just never going to get there. Is it ultimately a hole that we do indeed need to fill? We are feeling this emptiness and this yearning for a reason, but do we need to fill it with our thoughts and our beliefs, not with the actions, the numbers, the measures, the activities that we are striving for or turning to right now? So I'm going to share two super practical examples in my life. One in my work if you have things around your success and metrics that you're going for, am I working hard enough? Have I accomplished enough? That's one set that I'm going to walk you through. And the other one is in my body. If you're talking about wanting to lose weight, wanting to you know, change things aesthetically. So two different angles that we can come at it from. And then in the description of today's episode, if you swipe up, I've got these 10 questions that you can copy for yourself to do this exercise. And I hope too, by sharing these two with you today, you'll realize there's a lot of things I could do this exercise on. It's not just one thing. I may be focused on one thing, but as I start to explore it, There's probably a lot of areas in my life when truly I do have this subconscious undercurrent of it's not really enough in some way. So question number one to ask yourself is what would be enough? And the example that I'm going to talk about is Instagram. Instagram for me as an entrepreneur is an area that I am aware takes an exorbitant amount of my thought and time where compared to other areas of my business that are actually more powerful and impactful for the success of my business, but Instagram is there every day and I'm able to see how everyone else is doing and um, and, and how many likes they're getting, how many followers they're getting, whatever, and where my own numbers go up and down because actually I'm not fully in control. There's this thing called the algorithm that changes around. So That to me is a very practical, specific example. And I know for my entrepreneurs, you will completely be able to understand. But for you in your own work, what is it that you're thinking it would be, it would be enough if I had accomplished this goal, if I got this promotion, if I was making this amount of money? So my example is what would be enough? I plucked out if I was getting 5,000 likes on my Instagram photos. And as I wrote it down, I already knew, I mean, it's not going to be enough, which leads us to the second question. Am I sure that would be enough? My answer is no. Then I would just see people getting even more because I'm aware enough that that's what happens, that I notice people who have more than I do I don't really ever notice the people who have less. My eye immediately goes to, oh, compared to her, I'm not measuring up. Or compared to where I used to be, I'm not measuring up. But I'm aware that I have more now than I had at other times. And at some point that felt enough. And now it feels like not enough. So question number one, what would be enough? Question two, am I sure? That would be enough? No, probably not. Question three, if I got enough, how would I feel? 
Whatever the number is, if I really feel like I have enough engagement on my Instagram, enough likes, comments, views, followers, whatever, I would feel proud of myself or at least not disappointed in myself. And I realized that is actually the root feeling. I understand logically, right, that at 99 years old, I'm not going to give a flip how many likes I got on my Instagram. It's not really about my likes on Instagram. Now, it might be for some people, but I hope you can appreciate that I'm emotionally healthy and mature enough that I'm not putting my self-worth, my value, I'm not trying to be Instagram famous. What's real? What's the real feeling? It's that I'm disappointed in myself. There's a narrative of you you don't post often enough. You haven't in, invested enough time. You're not putting enough energy here. It really goes to the enoughness. Enough engagement is ultimately saying, I am proud of myself for doing enough. It's not actually about the number. It's that I have the story and not even the story. It's just, it is my reality that I I do feel disappointed in myself that I see friends who are on there so much more during the day posting than I am. And that makes me feel like I'm behind and I'm not doing enough, even if the reality is my business model might be different than theirs and I might have you know other things on my plate. Question four, what's an earlier milestone I celebrated that now doesn't feel like enough? So I don't have any specific memory of like, I hit 100,000 followers or the first time I got 1,000 likes. I don't have something strong that stands out. And we might not always. You might not have this powerful moment of the time you bought a dress in that size or the the day you got $10,000 in your you know, savings account or something. But oftentimes we have a story that we can recall. And I can remember, I have a girlfriend who had uh, 50,000 Instagram followers. And this was early on in my business. And I just thought that was massive. I mean, that just felt, I, I was just like, she's, uh, I mean, I would just never be at that level. It wasn't even my dream. I think I was like at 5,000 and I was really proud of myself. So now that I'm over 200,000, I can go back and say, well, well, now 50,000 feels small, but there was a time when it felt big. So I have proof that my measure of what is enough has changed, that there was a time when I thought, oh my gosh, if I had 50,000, I would just feel so successful. Now I have 200 something thousand and I'm like, oh, I just don't feel like I'm as successful as I should be. And those stories are so powerful for us to prove to ourselves as our own research scientists, oh yeah, my measure of enoughness just keeps getting further down the road. Question five, who do I have more than in this area? Again, whatever area we're talking about, in this case, we're talking about engagement or people on Instagram. I can think of two people who I have more followers than or more engagement than. Uh, two colleagues of mine who are running great businesses. And I that makes me notice that I never go, you know what? I'm so proud of myself 
that, and I don't mean to make it sound like a competition, like, ah, look, I have more than them. But it never occurs to me. When I notice they have less, I don't go, you know, I really am proud of myself. I just notice their number and move on. When I notice someone who has more than me, I go, oh, so disappointed in myself. Now, again, I don't want to be looking at other people going, ha ha, I have more. It's not about that energy. It's about noticing I am disappointed in myself when I have less. I am not proud of myself when I have more. And again, we talked about the fact uh, last week that pride is not a haughty pride. It's a peaceful self-love honoring that you're really proud of yourself for, for what you've made happen with what you have and, you know, what you've done. I notice those that I have more than, I don't, the pride is not my default thought. It's only the disappointment in comparison to those whom where I where my story is I don't have enough. Question six, how do I feel not having enough? You know, not feeling like I have enough Instagram engagement. What's the feeling that that brings up? Regret and shame that I didn't keep up with it. So for me, my Instagram engagement was higher at a time, and then I just got so burnt out and so exhausted and overwhelmed that I couldn't keep up with it. My business was too big. I had too many things going on. So I can go to regret and shame that I had this and I squandered it somehow. And I can say, oh, I made the mistake years ago, and I'm still carrying that regret and shame with me. I can feel failure and exhaustion that I don't know how to get out of it. There is a, a a sense of, at this point, I have so many followers and so many of them are no longer engaging with me. I don't even know how I would go about trying to contact all of them to be like, hey, if you don't want to engage anymore, could you just unfollow? Because it like hurts me in the algorithm and then like I just can't really get out of it. You know, it's like sometimes people just have to declare bankruptcy because they don't know how to get out of. They know how to make more money. They know how to save money. But sometimes you just don't know how to get out of it when it's at at such a bad place. So I can feel like, I mean, I don't even know how I would ever get out of this. Like, am I just going to, is this how I'm always going to feel because three years ago I wasn't able to keep up with it? Is this going to follow me? Well, when we think something isn't going to change or we don't know how to make it change, we feel hopeless. And hopeless is a crappy feeling (laughs) when we don't feel like, our best will ever be good enough because we don't know what else we would do. Um, I feel that the things I do know how to do, I don't have time for. So I do know things that I could do to be wiser over there, but I feel like, ugh, but I just don't have time. There's other things that I have to do in my business. So now I get back to that stuck place. So now that feels hopeless. So now now I'm saying I don't have enough time. I didn't have enough time and energy three years ago. I don't have enough time right now. And even if I did have enough time, it wouldn't be enough. You notice how many times the enough comes up in terms of my energy, my time, my attention, my intention, my my impact, none of it feels enough. Question seven, what could I do to alleviate those feelings without getting more? So what I mean is without getting more 
likes on my posts, without getting more views on my Instagram stories, how could I alleviate those feelings that come up from not having enough without actually changing the number or the metric? I wrote gratitude for what I do have. I think gratitude is so huge. So much of our struggle with enoughness is not appreciating that what we have now is so much more than we had at some point. We have more money. We have, we've lost weight. We've grown our email list. We've, you know, whatever it is, we in so many areas are farther than we were a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And yet, because that measure keeps getting higher and higher and higher, we don't feel grateful because we don't look back and say, you know, I never thought I would be at this place. This is just amazing. I mean, I never would have believed. I am so proud of myself. So gratitude, forgiveness, that I did the best I could. I think that's another huge key is that so much of that self-shame is that we we aren't already there. We haven't already lost the weight, made more money, spent more wisely. And so we carry this shame and it kind of builds up because we're saying for years I haven't done as good as I could have done. And so truly forgiving myself, yes, I did not have all the time to invest years ago as my following was growing. But you know what? I did the best I could. And I'm grateful. Look at the business that I do have and the life that I do have. And I did the best that I could. Hope that I'll hire more help and create more spaciousness in the future. Again, that key of hope to say, what could I do to alleviate those feelings without getting more? So yeah, I think that saying, I envision that as I get help, the help will allow me to grow, whether that means even freeing up my time. So it would be about getting more. But right now, I don't, that, that more might come a year from now. But right now, I would feel better and I can feel better and happier by focusing on the hope that I actually do have things I can change. I can feel hopeful right now. I don't have to feel stuck and exhausted and frustrated because I do know things that I can do, even if I don't do them right now. Awareness that this is only one area of my business, and yet the one that takes a hundred times more of my attention than any other, solely because I can see it and do see it every day. I've talked to my mastermind girls about this a lot, that we can get fixated on one thing that for me, it's Instagram, whereas I don't know what's happening with everybody else's email lists and their podcast downloads and their revenue and their team and their leadership. There's all these other things that I could very easily feel that I too am not enough in these areas, but I don't because I don't see them. Whereas I visually see what everyone else is achieving every day on Instagram And I go on there all the time because I'm both a creator and a consumer. I genuinely enjoy it. I love the people that I follow, the education that I get, the relationships that I have. So, and we know we struggle with this social media addiction. So I'm there so much more than any other place. Similarly, in my body, I'm aware that I was much more aware of my body when I was a dancer because Every time I went into a job audition, I had to stand in basically no clothes in front of a big mirror next to all these other gorgeous thin women wearing barely any clothes. So it was right in front of me. Now I just 
stay home in my little sweats outfits. And it's just much less on my radar, my my awareness and my focus. So the areas that we are really focused on our enoughness may also just be calling out. Here's why this area gets so much attention in my life. It's not because it necessarily is the most important thing. It's that my time and attention is disproportionately weighing it. And if I call that out, then does that lessen some of the power and the importance? And does it recenter it to a more reasonable place of importance in my life? Question number eight. Is there a chance I could get what I think today is enough and have those same feelings? Is there a chance that when I do get to the dress size, when I do get to the amount of money in my bank account, when I do hit the six-figure business, when I do hit the 10,000 followers, that the feelings won't go away? And I wrote, yes, I know the bar just gets higher. And I think that's so important to keep saying to ourselves, it's not the thing. I'm not going to – I said that way back in question number one. What would feel like enough? And I said – 5,000 likes on my Instagram photos, and I knew as soon as I wrote it, that's not true. I was like, then you're just going to start noticing your friends that are getting 10,000. Then you're just going to notice your friends that get 20,000. That's not true. What really, Hillary, would be the number? You're just going to notice somebody else. You're going to play in the bigger leagues, and now you're going to be like, I just, I guarantee you guys, let's say, Let's say I have a book come out and I'm a New York Times bestselling author and I'm getting all these huge speaking gigs and my Instagram account is doubled. I guarantee you, whatever my engagement is, I'm going to hear somebody else who has higher engagement. It's not going to be enough. I could get 100,000 likes on my photos and there would still be something where I'm like, yes, but this other woman, she goes live like every day and I just don't have that time in my schedule. I'm too busy. I have to tell myself, I know the bar just gets higher. Question nine, what other areas could I focus on to give me the feeling I'm looking for? Because ultimately, It's the feeling, how I think I would feel if I had enough Instagram followers. Because again, we all know Hillary's not so crazy that she's living her life being like, success is having 5,000 likes on your Instagram photos. You know, it's not that. There's a feeling underneath there. There's a story underneath. What other areas could I focus on and get that there instead? And at first, I typed out, Increasing my podcast listeners through podcast guesting. That's another thing that I would like to do. I've never done podcast guesting. I get asked all the time. I haven't felt that I have the time. And it's one of my things. If I could start podcast guesting and getting in front of other podcast listeners, that would grow the listeners here. And that would feel so amazing and so exciting. That's true. I'm thrilled for every new listener that I get. I want to help people in the world. I believe in my message. And if I'm standing here recording in my home studio for an hour, may as well a million people here instead of 10, right? Of course, that's going to feel good. But I wrote that and then I wrote, actually, no. That's going to go down the same path of a number that feels enough and then it gets higher. I'm going to get to, you know, we're like nearing a million downloads. That's going to feel so cool for like a day. 
I'm going to be like, we have a million podcast downloads. And then the next day, I'm going to go on Instagram and I'm going to see someone's profile that says 10 million downloads. I'm going to be like, okay, that's the next goal. You're like, wait a minute, you just got to that other thing yesterday and now you already want to get to 10 million? So I was like, no, actually, that's a fallacy that says, I know what I'll do. I'll take the number away from Instagram and I'll put the number somewhere else and that will make me feel better. And I was like, no, actually, it's just another number. So question 10 was what would really make me feel enough? And I wrote, focusing on how much I've accomplished how proud I am of myself, calling out competition and scarcity and things that won't matter when I'm 99, focusing on my purpose to help and believing God will give me the amount of people I'm meant to help. Now that for me is a phrase that I return to a lot. And that, whether that resonates with you, with your beliefs in God and and purpose and calling, for me, that's what I really probably my most powerful mental tool that I can use with myself is to say, God is going to give me the amount of people I am meant to help, that I am equipped to help. I I genuinely feel at times that I am protected by having a smaller following because I see some of my girlfriends get bigger and the negativity gets so much bigger And I know that that is such a drain for me. And so I'm very aware, like, uh, careful what you wish for. You know, Uh, people think if they won the lottery, it would make them so happy. And then so many of them report feeling miserable because now everybody just wants money from them. And they're like, oh, it wasn't the silver bullet that I thought. So I really work on that a lot. I'm given the people that I am meant to help. And those people will be enough. It will be enough impact because God's purpose for my life is not being thwarted by the Instagram algorithm, right? Like even when we're railing against the Instagram algorithm, like God's not surprised. He's not like, oh crap, I really was, I was going to have you like heal a lot of women's hearts, but I don't know, this Instagram thing, I don't, I'm out of ideas, Hillary. (laughs) Like that's just not the way it works. So that's it for me when it comes to my success and my my level of impact. For you, that might be money, it might be success, it might be whatever it is around your work. But I think going through those questions, it, it helps you keep coming back to, it's not the thing, it's the thought and the feeling. And the thought and feeling is not going to be ameliorated by the thing. So I need to address the thoughts and the feelings and not deny them, not shame myself for them. But how can I actually work on the thought and feeling instead? So I'm going to give you one other example, a little bit faster on this one that has to do with my physical body. So question number one is, what would be enough having a flat stomach? That is totally my thing. Anytime I see a picture of someone with a flat stomach, I'm like, oh, how does she have a flat stomach? I've just never had that. Like, that is where my eye goes to. I've never paid attention to whether you have a thigh gap. I I don't know what your breasts are doing. Like, I just go right to your stomach. Every outfit I put on, I go right to my stomach. Oh, I wish this looked better on my stomach. I'm wearing, like, my little blue silk outfit right now that I have on my links in my pinned Instagram stories. And I love it, but my stomach, it's not the most flattering on my stomach. And I'm well aware of that. So, What would be enough in my body? Answer, having a flat stomach. Question two, am I sure that would be enough? No, 
I would also like more toned arms. And I wish I did more facial exercises. There's a woman I follow on Instagram who does all these face exercises for like less wrinkles and a more defined jaw and all of that. And I keep thinking that I'm going to do them, but never getting around to it. So actually, if I woke up tomorrow morning with a flat stomach, I would be thrilled for a period of time. And then I would just pick a new thing to fixate on. It's it's the reality. Question three, if I got enough, how would I feel? If If suddenly tomorrow I had the flat stomach, it makes me realize that I'm actually pretty peaceful today. I mean, compared to the majority of my life, I really don't feel very insecure about my body 99% of the time. It does not consume my thoughts a lot. I mentioned that back in my theater days, it was so prevalent. I mean, I was a size four in a world where you were literally hired based on what your body looks like, where colleagues were taken aside and talked to about their weight who were also around my size, where I was one of the largest people at my job in a job in which you were judged for your size. Like I wasn't just delusional. And I'm not saying if if you're a small size person, you struggle that you are, but I'm just aware it was such a prevalent thought. And now, I think it was also a more prevalent thought when I was single. I'm also very aware of that, that I was much more conscious about I could meet someone anytime, any place, in a coffee shop, on an airplane. So I was much more concerned with how I looked. And I still want to look nice. I want to look professional. I want Jeremy to think that I'm beautiful. But I know he's not worried about my stomach not being flat. And it's just not even a thing now. And so then I got to thinking, you know, I actually don't even think about it that much. So maybe it's a more of a fear of being in a place again where I do feel super unhappy in my body. I was so miserable and insecure for so many years. So like maybe I'm trying to avoid ever going back there. So I kind of stay vigilant on a daily basis. Like I don't want to get too peaceful or maybe I will suddenly look in the mirror one day and go, oh my gosh, I've gained weight again. So basically then, am I happy but afraid of being unhappy, which kind of steals the whole point of being happy? So this question for me and my body was realizing, I'm pretty happy with my body, but I'm so used to the cultural narrative that we shouldn't be happy with our body. And I see so many women visually every single day in my Instagram feed who have things about their body that I that I prefer, that I'm always thinking this idea that I would be happier. And actually I realized, I mean, I am happy now. So why am I, why am I getting all that brain space to the idea of being even happier? Or is that just so the way that I've been wired as a woman? Question four, what's an earlier milestone I celebrated that now doesn't feel like enough? For me, I think it's that I reached and maintained a healthy weight. I was indeed overweight for my body in my early 20s. I maintained that weight and I have for forever. And it's not even something that I have to work on anymore, but I still have those thoughts of not wanting to go back. So it's not like I achieved the milestone and then went, this is awesome. I don't have any body insecurity anymore. I wanted to weigh this weight and now I do. Peaceful. I'm like, no, I wanted to weigh that weight and I do. And yes, 
95% more peaceful, but it didn't 100% solve it. Question five, who do I have more than in this area? Basically everyone. Like statistically, I have it easier than 95% of women based on my natural body shape and size. But somehow that 5% is what I see all the time because I am constantly noticing people with a flat stomach. And if only 5% of the population has that, then how is it possible that those are the only people I'm seeing, right? It's not. I follow a diversity of women on Instagram very intentionally. But as we said with the Instagram likes, when they are curvier than me, I don't go, oh, good, I feel better about my body. Which, good, that's great. We don't want to, you know, be feeling like competitive towards other women in that way. But it would be healthy if I went, see, Hillary, let's remember how grateful you are for your body. Let's remember how you are a naturally straight, small-sized person. I don't give myself that pep talk. I only have the fleeting thought, ugh, her stomach's full flat. Gosh, how, do, how does every girl on this TV show look that good in a, in a bikini? I've never looked like that in a bikini. That's where my mind goes. Question six, how do I feel not having enough? Aware how much brain space this takes for all women and shocked just how much a part of our every day this is for pretty much every Western woman, how much dislike we have for our own bodies, faces, skin. So for me, when I notice that I don't feel like I have enough peace in my body and beauty because of the work that I do in the world, I then immediately go to just a, a cosmic question of like, how is this possible that we struggle with this this much? Uh, question seven, what could I do to alleviate those feelings without getting more? Meaning, I, without the flat stomach, how could I feel more the way that I think a flat stomach would make me feel? I can notice the thoughts. Notice when I am observing, judging, having thoughts about other women's bodies and my own forgive myself, and choose a better feeling thought. That's a teaching from Gabby Bernstein. When you notice a judgmental thought towards yourself or someone else, you forgive the thought and choose a better feeling thought. And I have really been trying to do that because I realize I am 95% peaceful in my body. I don't actively do anything to try to get a flatter stomach. I've given up on the fact that that is going to be a thing. So what do I do about this other 5%? I notice, oh my gosh, the thoughts are so insidious. The messages in our culture are so insidious. Okay, I want to be more aware of them so that they aren't lingering inside my head, you know, run amok and uh, unchaperoned. Question eight, is there a chance I could get what I think today is enough and have those same feelings? Yes, I would find something else I didn't love about my body, or it would change in a different way. I suddenly would be getting older and I would notice my wrinkles more or something. It, it, it's about whether I'm at peace with my body and beauty. It's not about the flat stomach. Number nine, what other areas could I focus on to give me the feelings I'm looking for? And it was interesting to me as a stylist that the first thing I wrote down was clothing. And this... This was such a huge aha for me to realize this is part of my 
my core belief about our beauty that I'm writing about more in the book is about focusing on beauty positivity over body positivity. If I was not attaching my my beauty, my joy, my creativity, my aesthetic to my stomach and instead, oh my gosh, I love this, the color of this sweatsuit. I love how this feels. This is so cute. I feel pretty. I feel creative. I feel affluent. And it's not tied to my stomach. So I wrote clothing, my home, my teaching, things that make me feel beautiful that because beauty remains very important. It just doesn't have to be my body specifically. And so realizing that's actually the core desire. I want to feel beautiful. I want to feel affluent. I want to feel successful. I want to feel chic. Whatever those feelings are, culture has taught me to associate that with my body, has taught all of us. (laughs) And it's not that I should tell myself, oh, it's lame to want to feel beautiful. No, it's not. That's a core desire. It just doesn't have to be about my stomach. It can be about a piece of clothing that I have chosen because the color brings me joy, because the pattern makes me happy. It can be my beautiful home that is still part of my beauty and aesthetic. Every time I walk out into my living room and it's so gorgeous, that makes me happy. And I notice that far more than I actually look in the mirror and notice my stomach. Number 10, what would really make me feel enough? I wrote being more in the present, grateful for today, instead of daydreaming about the future and how I'll feel more chic and glamorous then. When we move into our new home, when I have a published book, at at some time in the future, I will have done something else. It won't even be the flat stomach, but I will have done something else that will make me feel beautiful or chic or glamorous enough to have more confidence and self-pride than I do today. I said slowing down, being time affluent in my life, more conscious of what I'm buying, my thoughts, what I'm doing with my time. And so this really is where I have gotten to is that this feeling of enoughness, it is about my my thoughts, my feelings, my attention, my intentions. It's not about achieving the thing, but that is where our default goes to. If I can get to the thing, then it will be enough. And actually that question of enoughness is present right where we are right now, and it will be present in that exact same next milestone when we achieve it. We can't outrun it. We can't out-hustle it. We can't outperform it. We can't out-exercise it. It's here with us today. So swipe up into the description. You'll take these 10 questions. Do it yourself. Do it on multiple areas of your life. Journal about it. Go take a walk and voice memo it to yourself. And then pretty please come share with me over on Instagram what comes up for you. You can always leave a comment below my latest post, whatever it is. I always see all of those, uh, even when I can't get to all of my DMs. Please share this episode. Um, Please swipe up and leave a review. I don't know a single human being that doesn't struggle with this. And whether it is a stranger you've never met who sees your review below or one person in your life or everyone who follows you on Instagram or is in your uh, private group on Facebook, I trust that you will bless someone by passing this along. 
as we are all on this journey to find more inner peace, more inner grace, and to slow down and quiet our quest to answer the question, am I enough? Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately. I got really good news the other day. I may have, by the time this episode airs, shared it over on Instagram. If I do, it would probably be in Instagram stories um, when the time is right to share it. But I got this news and I immediately burst into hysterical, spontaneous weeping that went on for like three hours. <laughs> and I wasn't expecting it. If you had asked me the day before, how would you respond? How do you think you would respond if you got this news? I, I wouldn't have said, I will just fall over my kitchen counter and not be able to stand and just cry for hours. And I realized almost instantly, like the reason I'm having this response is it's an external validation that I have done enough. And I said, because my husband was sort of like, what's happening? Like, why? I mean, why are you crying so hard? He didn't say that, but I could just tell he was like, I don't know what to do. And I just, one of the first things I said to him was, I'm just realizing that self-coaching yourself is exhausting. And as an entrepreneur, as a creative, when you're chasing a goal, when you're pursuing something, there's so many things in life that we have to self-coach ourselves all the time. The things that I mentioned today, your thoughts around your weight, your thoughts around your Instagram or whatever it is for you, when you're trying to do better at it, it is a constant self-coaching. Catch that negative thought, redirect that thing. You're going to be fine. You've done enough. I'm proud of you. Like that we said the opposite of of self-shame is pride. And that having to say to yourself, I'm proud of you. You've done enough. It gets exhausting. And that it's rare in life we have those external moments. When you find out you passed the bar exam as a lawyer, someone has said to you unequivocally, here is a piece of paper and a grade, you are smart enough. The definitive answer has let the history books show you studied enough, you did enough, you passed. When the ailment is gone, let's say there's something happening in your body, and your doctor says, you need to change your diet. If you lower your stress, if you do these things, we we can reverse this disease or this condition. And when you go in and you do the test three months later and they say, congratulations, you have healed yourself. You have proof that you did enough. You lowered your stress enough. You changed your diet enough. You exercised enough, whatever it is to make the change. There is such relief in those moments of factual proof that you did enough or the confirmation from someone you really trust who is a barometer in that world. It's different to have a cheerleader. Cheerleaders are amazing. I hope and pray that we all have friends and family and followers that are being like, I believe in you. You're amazing. You can do this. I'm so proud of you. I love this. Looks, looks great. That's awesome. But it doesn't 
quiet the question of am I enough the same way as when someone who is a true expert in that world, when your therapist, let's say, if you've been working on your codependency issues and you had a conversation in a relationship in your life and you stood up for yourself in a way you never have or you set a boundary and you're honored it and your therapist says, I am so proud of you. It's one thing for your girlfriend to say it. It's another thing because your therapist factually understands why you are codependent, why you are triggered in this way, all of the work that you have done, how hard this is to redo. Like that carries such weight when you have a coach, et cetera. And I wish there was a way for all of us to get that more or that I could help you. I could help all of us to get that. Unfortunately, it is a rare moment when it happens, but today I am loving lately that I had one of those. I am so grateful to have had one of those huge moments of, I did enough and I know for sure, for real, for real, that I did enough and it's not just me self-coaching myself. So I am so excited to share more with you, bring you along on this journey on Instagram stories But I hope that we can all look for those moments and that in between them, we can honor how much work we do in the self-coaching, in the self-encouraging, in the self-pride, in the self-confidence to move forward and heal these questions and pursue and become the people that we are dreaming to become. So I will see you over for more of this conversation on Instagram, as always, with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday.